Welcome to The Table with Vinny and Dave. At The Table, we have authentic conversations about various topics through the lens of the kingdom and our personal experiences. So pull up a chair and join us. There's room for everyone at the table. Yo! Episode three. Episode three. What? What is episode three? Uh, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> right. So welcome to the table three. Revenge of the Sith. Once again, Disney, please don't sue us. Oh my goodness. We can't afford you, Disney. <laughs> I can't even afford to go to Disney World, let alone be sued by him. Dude, come on. Like legit, bro. Yeah. Like who wants to be sued by Walt Disney? corporation not, i mean it's definitely I. not what he thought it was like back in the day right right but even still like no nah, bro <laughs> i don't have the cash to mm. be like going down because disney said you said star wars <laughs> 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 but i would hope that all of our awesome listeners wouldn't report us nah anyway unless disney is like on here yeah listening i hope not disney we like you we like you, Disney. We <laughs> hope that these podcasts bless you. We hope they do. Yes. If anybody's at any animators, any uh, producers, anybody that works at Disney, we hope that you uh, are blessed and fighting the good fight from the inside. Wow. We took this joke really far. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? The guy's like, nobody from Disney listening. <laughs> oh, my goodness. it's good to get a laugh. It's been a trying week. Uh, uh, yeah. Tell me what's going on with you, bro. Nothing. What's I mean, nothing, new? nothing in particular, but it's just been a mm, very uh, how do I say it? Eye-opening, challenging mm. week. Interesting. Beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, it's that time. Seasons are changing. God's up to new stuff. We're up to new stuff. Right. Well, let's pray. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Lord, thank you for all that you're doing in 2023, all that you're doing in uh, all of our media ministries, all of our ministries, everybody involved, Lord, each and every listener. Thank you for uh, new beginnings, new seasons. Thank you for not everything being the same old, same old, and the challenges that come with it and the growth that comes out of it. Lord, bless this time. Bless everybody who can hear this. Yes, Lord, we just love you so much, and we're so grateful for the opportunity to get to serve you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amen. amen. Jesus, amen. Amen. So, the, uh, you know, we kind of talked about not having a topic, but it always falls into some weird topic. But I can't shake the, um, what we've been talking about in our, to fill everybody back in, there's been this thread I've been pulling on with Vinny about competition and suspicion and jealousy. We've kind of been pulling the thread specifically amongst ministry relationships, but um, the Lord's been like really highlighting stuff to me in all relationships. Um, yeah, that's kind of been a part of the heavy week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when he laid that, Laying that on me was just not that I, it's not something I really struggle with anymore, but it's something that I see a lot of and that I almost feel like has to be said, you know what I mean? That there's a lot of stuff in our day-to-day experiences that if we're honest with ourselves are, are rooted, these interactions are rooted 
in 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 some insecurity that manifests as jealousy or competition or insecurity. If we're being totally frank with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's been heavy, man. I mean, it's a heavy thing to talk about, but it's it's a good thing to talk about because I got a lot of freedom from that. Um, I said it in a video earlier. I I was like that guy, like that quintessential, um, superficial, jealous guy. You know, my relationships were very, very, um, very surface mm-hmm. because. I believed so badly about myself that I wouldn't engage in relationships with people that I I felt I felt jealous of in some way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like jealous of their you know um work situation. It happened a lot when I first got saved and was going to church. Yeah, it happened. It manifested yes. a lot in those relationships. Totally, cuz it's a worldly way to think and we're still dealing with Mm. That kind of stuff. I've gone through it too. Mine was kind of the opposite end of the spectrum where I thought that I was always right Mm. and it was my way or no way at all. And Mm. I didn't want anybody's input, you know? Yeah. I think I had some of that too. And that's, you know, something that Lord prunes. And this is a very important conversation because on the other side of this conversation is unity. Mm Mm-hmm. And freedom. And yeah, and freedom and walking in the fullness of Christ. Mm, yeah. That's good. Yeah. The unity is the huge part and the freedom is the huge part for me. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was sitting reflecting and thinking on it and I didn't even realize how bound up I was at the time. I didn't realize how much I was missing and how much things were affecting me. And so <laughs> looking back on it now, I see like, you know, like relationships that never blossomed because I was so like jealous and insecure or opportunities that never got to come to a completion because I was so jealous and insecure that I couldn't be in relationship with the people that were like trying to offer me the thing or the position or the opportunity or whatever. Yeah. You know, cause I believed the worst about myself. I was always thinking like, you know, that they're right. You know, I'll never be like that person. You know, and I, I kind of realize, you know, it's a it's a byproduct, at least for me, of my my upbringing, being from such a humble beginning, and not having anything. Yeah. To start like getting healthy, you know, start working again, get back in the world, off of drugs, and being like thrust into this like. People have their kids and their cars and a nice house and right? a really good job. And they went to college. And what is this? Right. Your family's together? <laughs> right. Like, I spent my 20s in a needle. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, all, all, especially all my peers when I first got into church, you know, they, they all had pretty decently established careers, you know, had kids, had things established. Mm. And the time when they were, like, in college figuring that stuff out, I was needle deep in an arm full of heroin. Yeah. And just completely lost in and out of prison and out of rehab. Yeah. So it was almost this like resentment and anger and, but it it was all rooted in, in my stuff. That's the thing that I've come to realize. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that anyone did to me. You know, it's not their fault that they were successful and it shouldn't even be faulted that they were successful. Right. Like how ludicrous do, is that to think like, 
Ah, you're successful. Good job. Right. You're, you're a healthy functioning human being. <laughs> like, but that's how I, if you look back on it, that's like almost the way I acted. But it was like their, their positivity and their experience just held this mirror up to me uh-huh. of how failed I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just created all this like spirit of competition. Like I had to be the best at the worship band and I had to be the best softball player on the church softball team. And I had to, you know, wear the best shoes. Start comparing. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's real superficial stuff, but it's just, it was just cool today. And I was sitting on the project I'm working on just, just going reminiscing, you know, going to my altar before the Lord and, you know, reminiscing over all the awesome things he's done. Yeah. And just seeing like, God, I'm so grateful to be free of that. Yeah. How did the Lord walk you through all that? So it didn't happen. Um, and And one of the things I've always kind of like mildly envied about Krista is her, my wife, Krista, Alicia, her, her, her experience tends to be like white lightning experiences. Yeah. You know, like, like it just, just like, happens. Yeah. Right? It was more of a gradual process for me. Um, it really started. So, so we had been going to a church for about four years and it was a church that was really near and dear to, to mine and my wife's heart and our family's heart. Um, and we had already been through two major leadership changes in four years. It's a really, really small uh, Church of God affiliated church in our hometown. Um, but we had been through these leadership transitions and, you know, the church was kind of always in flux. You know, it was, it was, it was a great body of people, but what was coming from the stage was, you know, it wasn't discipleship oriented so there wasn't a lot of those like personal challenges and there would be seasons where there would be but it would never like last and um so on the third leadership change that we had been there for there was um a young couple had come in 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 leadership and there was a lot of excitement and there was a lot you know what i mean in in that transition and it really led to um because there was a lot of, there was maturity stuff. I mean, I'm not going to put anybody's dirty laundry out there. But needless to say that the situation didn't end well. And we found ourselves being called out of this church that we loved, that we were connected to, that we were, you know, elders in, that we were on the worship team at. It was a big, we were pretty entrenched in this church. And um, when we were transitioning out of that church, we found a home at, at a vineyard church. And it was nice because it was like no expectations. You know, no, um, nobody was looking at us from that position because the other church was a small church and we had a position in that church. So there was like leadership expectation and, s- and things like that. Yeah. Um, but going there, it was an instrument of healing. You know, we were just so hurt by all these situations that had happened and never been resolved and whatever. But that began going to this vineyard church and having that time to just kind of be with the Lord. It's kind of kickstarted, you know, because vineyard has a tendency to be really healthy. And when it comes to like self-reflection and stuff like that. Yeah. And I started to hear messages about self-reflection and I had just a year prior done the school of kingdom ministry at another vineyard church. So I kind of got a taste of that healing and Krista had just finished Bethel 
who Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, which is really heavy on like deal with your stuff before you try to minister. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I had like three good years of like three separate situations that all were kind of like throwing this idea in my per in my you know my vision. And then when we finally got out of that the last church we left, it was like the Lord started to really like challenge me to like question why I thought the way I thought, you know, why and it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like some big white lightning word of the Lord came and I repented and everything was perfect after that. It was like this, I remember um, one of the first like prayer times I got at Vineyard, I saw Jesus literally like walk up to my chest and like opened a door on my <laughs> chest and he put on a miner's helmet and he grabbed a pick and he went in. Wow. Like, and then he like, I saw his hand come out and he was like, Whoop. and then I was able to like wow. see myself go in with him. And my house was like this deep, dark cave was my heart. Wow. Like I had that vision and that, and it was a series of things like that. Um, like I had another vision shortly after that one where, um, Jesus had, I was standing on this dock in the vision and there was this like crazy raging t torrent of a hurricane storm going on around me. And he said, this is, this is every tear you cried. This is your anger. This is like the storm you created Whoa. with all this stuff. And he said, now close your eyes and I want to show you what it looks like to me. And I've shut my eyes and he said, open them. And we were just in this black vast chasm and all that was sitting on the ground was a puddle. Wow. He was like, that's how I see. He's like, this is how you see it. Is this raging storm. He's like, this is just every tear you've ever cried. This puddle is just every tear. That's what I've caught. Wow. Yeah. That's deep, bro. And that was the beginning of that for me. And it was just a um, series of examinations. Yeah. Like becoming willing and making the examination. I guess that's the easiest with Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, and it would, it was usually situational. Like, um, once I had this awareness that I was struggling with this stuff, it would be like, I would be in a conversation with somebody and I'd feel it. I'd feel that like tug at my heart. Like, Oh God, you're a piece of garbage. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to myself or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, Oh man, like I want that so bad. You know, things like that. I'd feel that. And it was like during that season, the Lord would like, like snatch me up and be like, listen, like, look, look what you're doing. Yeah. And not in a like hateful way, but in like, right. a, like, look, here it in is. a loving way. Yeah. Like here it is. Like uh, you. Tough love. Yes. It, it, it was, it was kind of tough love, but it was more of like a, like a, a, a back to awareness. Yeah. Like I'm not going to, and it was like, I couldn't sink into that. I couldn't sink into that like jealousy. That's good, dude. That was how, I mean, that was my experience. And it all started with just ex one exposure to the subject and two, like I had to repent Yep. in the very beginning and I've had to repent many times after, but yeah, in the beginning was the big repentance of like, I'm selfish. Right. I've made this about me. And it, and it sounds like you're saying that the Lord is highlighting these things to you mm -hmm. through the process. It wasn't like these epiphanies that you came through to. No, you know, they weren't. It's like Holy Spirit convicting you. Mm -hmm. It was conviction. You know, I would have a, a situation where, like I said, some, something would happen or um, 
someone would get something new and I couldn't celebrate it for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would like, and it would draw me into like reflection. The Lord would draw me into reflection at those points. Like, why do you feel like that? Wow. Why do you feel? But at the time it was, before I dealt with it, it was breeding all kinds of competition and jealousy in my heart. Yeah. And I I couldn't minister with another person. I I physically couldn't do it. Dude, Jesus is so good. That's how he heals and works. Like in the world, you can't tackle those things. Like that's why we turn to drugs and alcohol and stuff is because we can't handle the emotions that happen from these root issues Mm -hmm. that Holy Spirit, that Jesus has to come in with a a pick (laughs) and mine them out. Yeah. It's so good. This is a heavy conversation. Yeah, man, this is good though, because there's freedom on the other side of this. Like we were saying, man, like we need that. We need to be able to work past petty reasons to not engage in, in friendships and, and kingdom things that the, the, that we can't do on our own. Right. We can't. It's, it, it is so unrealistic to think that the vision that the Lord has placed in my heart is achievable by me and me alone. Yeah. Or it's even, it's even more egotistical to think that it's for me and me alone. Yeah. That, or that it's even for me at all. It's not for me. He didn't do any of this for me. Mm-hmm. He did it all for his father's glory to give, to bring glory and manifest the kingdom. That's it. That's good, dude. And if we're living stones, we're not going to be able to build a house with one brick. Nah, bro. Come on. Come on, I'm a builder, and I get I did the building metaphors on the Bible like smack me straight between the <laughs> eyes, bro. Like as a builder, it's like so apt, like because I understand what what they're talking about from a from a perspective of like here's a building, and it's like duh, like like when I when I see it or when I read it, I'm just like that's so good, like it's so obvious, like. <laughs> Imagine a bunch of bricks being mad at each other. Like, no, we're not building this together. I'm not going to be mortared with that guy. I can't stand that dude. He's way too red. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not getting mortared next to this chick. <laughs> like, get off me, bro. You're too heavy. No, like, no. It's ridiculous, and it's and it's it's crazy because the thing I was thinking about earlier today was Jesus addressed this like with the disciples multiple times in multiple accounts. These fools are arguing about who's the greatest or like who's the favorite or you know what I mean? And Jesus would just like rebuke them. Like, no, it's not about anyone. It's the least of you is the greatest in my eye. There is no, like there is no greatest. That is good, dude. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. (laughs) Because we have this like, and it's obviously been happening for at least 2000 years because we have this twisted this twisted idea in our heads that the, the more people we're exposed to the more important we are the more people see us the more people hear us the more people validate oh man it's awesome you give a good word right you're a good preacher or hey oh my god i love that house you built or oh my god that's such a beautiful piece of artwork like all that stuff it's like we tend to believe that when we hearing that it's like, hmm. yeah you know and then you start finding your identity in those things. Yeah. And not in being a, a son. Yeah. That's something I, I've talked about with men before is is most men I know 
when they when you ask them who they are, the very first thing they will say is what they do for a living. Yeah. Because we tie ourselves, our identity so much into what we produce. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is a huge part. I mean, humanity in general, but men specifically tend to struggle with that. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that because we did a podcast on identity. And the first thing I said was, I'm a worshiper. And then I listened back to it and I was like, wait a minute. I'm a son before I'm even a worshiper, mm. dude. Yeah. And like, I got convicted on that, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, shoot, dude. Yeah. It's... I've had to stop saying that stuff. Like, I'm a son of God, first and foremost, above anything else, and a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. Like, that's, I have, I would get disciple and a son. That's number one on the list. Yeah. But, you know, for years, there's been times when it's like, uh oh, your phone's full. Uh oh. That's okay if we cut the video off there. Oh, it's because it's not going to my it's not going to my cloud. Uh yeah. Fun. It's okay. I'll send it to you when we're done. Yeah. I can just cut this audio out too. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway. But yeah, getting back to what we were talking about, just the um Jesus and our identity and discipleship is a big, big, big thing. It's a big key, big key that opens a big door <laughs> yeah. of, of to a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, that is a, a huge answer to what we're talking about here. Hold on, I'm trying to connect the dots. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to, we start pulling threads. Maybe... Yeah, let me think about this for a second. I'll just cut all this audio out. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I think there is freedom from knowing who you are in knowing who you are. There's freedom in knowing who you are that allows you to let go of the things that we so much get our identity from to allow other people to be in your story, in your process with the Lord and in, in, in the kingdom. Mm. You know, that so much of what we can strive to do and try to build that isn't the kingdom can come from lies that we're believing about ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. About who we are. For sure. You know, at the end of the day, if I'm just a singer and pianist that plays songs to the Lord and I'm not a son, I start to, I can start to build this perception of oh this is what god put put in me it has to be this way mm. and build this thing around it mm. but that's not who i am at the core that's a characteristic that comes out of me being a son mm. but as a son my heart is for his kingdom yeah and his kingdom looks like me and you in our wives, in our friends, mm-hmm. in our church, 
Yeah. In the world. Yeah. Coming together. Mm. Not just my vision. Right. Right. And it, it's, you bring up such a great point. I never really thought of it that way, but it's like you become so resistant as the clay that you're not moldable. You know, that you resist the, because I've always understood God's will to be fluid in a situation. Like we talked about on the last one, I think I had brought up the fact that, um, or my spiritual father always says that the sign of maturity in a son is trusting them to make their own decisions. And then when they make the wrong ones, correcting them, but then when they make the right ones, partnering with them and, and encouraging those decisions to be made. Hmm. And it's funny because as we mature in our identities, we become more more malleable, we become more workable, we become more flexible to the transitions that God is doing, that the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, I think I love what you said. You know, the, it's like we be, we become so rigid when we say like, I'm a worshiper or I'm a preacher or I'm a pastor, or I'm a teacher or whatever. And we like fix our identity around that. Mm-hmm. And we are not flexible to God presenting a, a different opportunity or a different, you know, if it doesn't fit that box, yep, then it's not from the Lord. When really it could be very much from the Lord. And you're just, you're there's, there's a protective layer of this is my identity around that. That says, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher. I mean, I even do, I've been guilty of that, you know, that's not for me. You know, that's not, it's not my, th- you know, but not so much anymore. Now I'm a little bit more go with the flow because it's like, well, maybe the Lord is trying to do something through that. Come on, dude. The Lord spoke to me that this morning with uh, denominations mm-hmm. in that regard. Yeah. Just like, shoot, man. Like, what if we, champion i just spoke about this on the other podcast (laughs) i'm not even gonna go down that route yeah i'll cut this out (laughs) there's a cut point yeah anyway well to bring it back around to what we were even originally talking about was this idea of you know competition and jealousy kind of wrecking havoc wreaking havoc on the things that the Lord wants to do not only through you but throughout the whole body you know that's a that's just something I've noticed quite a bit of recently and the, the crazy thing about it in at least in the world it's obvious but like in the church I notice it manifests with this like false humility yep it, mas- it, it, it masquerades as false humility and discernment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying discernment doesn't exist. Don't get me wrong on that. Right. But what I am saying is that there could be a spirit of competition and jealousy running around acting like a spirit of discernment. A word from the Lord, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know about them. Oh, man. They're just... Something's just off with them. Yeah. And it's, But sometimes there is something off, and that's fine. Yeah. It's okay to hear that. Right. But it's that's why counsel's good, mm-hmm. letting people speak into your life, yeah, praying through things. Because there's also principalities at play here too that we for need sure. to be equipped to to pray against and have people pray for us. For sure, I think that's an ignored thing too. 
and a lot of parts of the body, the spiritual reality, you know, yeah. that is going on around us at all times. Right. There's practical steps and things that we can do with the Lord, but, but there's also things that we need to be warring against in the spirit Amen. as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it's like the, there's the personal responsibility aspect and then there's the like corporate responsibility aspect. And then there's even the spiritual warfare responsibility aspect. Mm. You know, it's like deal with my stuff, handle the stuff atmospherically. You know, those are two separate, not, they're not always separate, but they are two separate things. And then also be willing to deal with the stuff corporately. Yeah. You know, that's, that's good. Yeah. Be willing to have the hard conversations and right. talk through things. Yeah. One thing that we learned a lot about in our ministry in the last year is covenant relationships. Yeah. Like if, if there's a challenge that we're on opposite ends of the different pages on, it's okay. Mm-hmm. We got to just, you know, we made a decision to to do this stuff together to seek his kingdom yeah. and to serve him together and we at the end of the day we're going to we're going to figure it out yeah right we're going to walk through this one way or the other that's i mean that's how i see it like we're going to figure it out and the lord's going to help us figure it out because it does come up and i and, and there are times i can it's just my big imploring to everyone is like start the journey like you what, know, what if we saw those moments that as opportunities mm-hmm. and not just an obstacle that we have to overcome with other people? Yeah. But as opportunities to come together in unity and get to know the character of the Lord more, to get to understand his heart more and how he works through all of us collectively. Mm, that's good. That's good. Because it is what he's doing. It it is. You know, we we cannot be islands in this thing, in this world, or even in this in in the work of ministry. You know, we cannot just be an island minister and think that everything's, you know, gonna be okay. <laughs> for fear of, you know, of getting hurt or, you know, um being vulnerable. That's a big thing too. Is there's just like the 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 heart cry that I've heard from the body, specifically regarding the failings of leadership, have been around vulnerability and authenticity. Leaders that are not vulnerable and leaders that are inauthentic. Mm. That is something that I've prayed through. That I, I mean, I'll use the word that I've discerned in in the spirit because I, I I like to study the church as a whole, you know, all the different denominations and things like that. And the discontent and the frustration that I feel coming from the people and why people are not returning in droves to go back to church after this pandemic has a lot to do with like, this feels fake. (laughs) This feels forced. Yeah. I feel like this is inauthentic and I feel like this is invulnerable. Like, I don't feel like this is real, raw. And and it's like, as leaders, that's something that we have to address. Yeah, we have to. You know, and it's there's, almost like rise to the occasion, right? Yeah. There's validity in that. Yeah. 
There is, and, I, and it, it don't don't put your stuff on stage to the point of gossip or anything like that, right? But you know, I think people are just tired of the the lack of vulnerability and healing that they see. Yeah, because to be vulnerable and then to receive healing and then to share that vulnerability and that healing with other people gives people hope that the things that they're experiencing are not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Like they're not alone in experiencing these things. It's good, man. I think it's good that we had this conversation today. I think so too. I think so too. It's been on my heart for the whole week. I and mean, it's probably going to be on my heart for the foreseeable future. Cause there's just, you know, it's just been like pouring out of me, just this idea that, you know, encouraging people to like get to a place where you're open to receive that healing. Yeah. Get to a place where you know, you need that healing, you know, because the, the thing about, our fallen minds specifically, and it'll be the last thing I say on it, is we tend to form, you know, these neural pathways. And it's so weird that our minds will begin to reward us for negative pathways. Like we'll get the dopamine rush, we'll get the the rush that we want from our brains, and we'll create these cycles of that I, I I'm comfortable in my discomfort. Yeah. So it's a familiar mindset for me. Yeah. To be to to first be panged with insecurity. Right. And then manifest it through jealousy and contempt towards somebody else. It's time to make a new path. Amen. And it might take cutting down some bushes and trees in the process. It might take burning down the whole forest. <laughs> for some cases. Yeah. I didn't know it was like that for me. Yeah. I had to go scorched earth on some good. stuff. <laughs> That's good, man. Sheesh. Well, I have hope that we're going to see victory in these areas. Mm. I I believe that Jesus is going to bring lots of healing in these areas. Yeah. We're going to see it manifest. We're going to see his glory. Mm. I agree. I agree. 100%. Well, anyway, so are we good? I think so. Let's pray us out. Yeah, I prayed us in. You can pray us out. Jesus, we thank you for pruning us, for shaping us and molding us, to restoring us to how you created us in your image. Hmm. And Lord, I thank you for the body. I thank you that we are a unit. I thank you that we are not alone. And Jesus, I just ask for increased vulnerability, increased trust. And increased friendship and discipleship within your church, Lord. I thank you for healing our minds and our hearts and bringing us into new glories, Lord, where where you're going to continue to transform us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would cover the church, the church at large, to where the world would look at us and they would see something completely different. That they would see family and they would see one bride 
beautifully before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Table. It's been awesome to do this show with you guys and talk about it, share it with your friends, share it with your buddies, whoever. All are welcome to come and sit around the table, right? That's right, dude. That's right. All right, Till next time, you guys. See you Peace. Later. Thanks so much for joining us. Please remember to share this show with your community and encourage everyone to come and listen in on the conversation. Follow us on social media and give us a like and review wherever you consume your podcast and other media. Until next time, be blessed, be a blessing, and remember, there's always an open seat for you at the table.